Stephanie Jordan is a caregiver and nurturer by nature and profession. From running a guest house to hosting large events to managing busy executives' lives, she brings humor, wisdom, patience and acceptance to her interactions with other people. She has a BA in journalism and considers herself as a grammar geek. In the past, she has worked as a bartender, journalist, cigarette girl, legal assistant, legal assistant and advice columnist. She has been reading tarot for 30 years and finds it to be a fascinating study into archetypal human experiences. Epiphany is the author of Somebody Hold Me, The Single Person's Guide to Nurturing Human Touch. And her favorite element is water. And she can often be found under the trees on the side of the hill at Barton Springs. Her mantra is evolution, not revolution. And she considers herself as a social artist, painting visions of how things could be on the canvas of our world. In today's episode, let us chat with Epiphany on an interesting topic, Platonic Touch, Nurturing Human Touch. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, the guiding voice for a better future. Folks, I'm your host, Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. And through the Guiding Voice, we help successful leaders enable and share their knowledge and wisdom with the world so that our audience will acquire more knowledge by tuning into the Guiding Voice for every minute than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for joining me. And we're extremely pleased to have Epiphany part of the Guiding Voice journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Epiphany, I'm super thrilled to host you today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Naveen. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah. So I have gone through your profile. It sounds so, so diversified and very interesting. So I would like to understand from you in terms of what are the top three things that have helped you to be successful in your professional life so far. Okay. Thank you. That's a great question. I would say that the first thing is learning to listen to what other people say, because I have all these ideas about what's important or how things work or what people might need. But when you take the time to listen to people and they tell you what it is that you need, then a lot of times I'm very, very surprised. The second thing is probably spending a lot of time reading and writing, being a good being a good communicator and taking in information, being curious about the world around me. I've books were my best friends when I was a kid and I've always been a very avid reader and that's continued into my adulthood. And the third thing I think is learning how to slow down and really pay attention to what I'm, what I being self-reflective, you know, what am I putting out into the world? How are people receiving me? Because the more that I've been able to kind of figure out the places where I might come across as, you know, defensive or angry or what have you, like, as I've worked on that, then people have received me and what I'm doing differently. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of important when you're connecting with people on a physical level. So, yeah. That's great. So listening, reading, writing, and introspection. Wonderful. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now let's move to the core of today's topic, platonic touch. Yes. Or how do we nurture this human touch? And why did you get into this field? Oh, wow. I was actually, I had been at 
an event. I was I was studying with this woman in Georgia and she was working at an event and I went with her and she was doing this practice called a Karuna session. And I was just really profoundly struck by the experiences that people were having and and how much it affected them and how much it resonated with them. And it just really stuck with me. And I, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And five years later, I started playing around with it. And a friend of mine and I turned it into a business and people really liked it. And that was it. And I've been studying and reading and learning about it. I'm actually, I went back to school last year to get a master's in public health so I can work on this from a more scientific perspective. That's interesting, Epiphany. And uh, nowadays, if you look at the current paradigm of sex is equal to touch, right? It is not working for most of us, whether uh, people are in relationship or single, right? Why do you think it is happening so? Well, in the last hundred years, why and how we've touched people has changed so much. I mean, if you were living in a cold climate a hundred years ago, you would have been sleeping in a bed in the winter with your entire family to keep from freezing to death. Um, you know, humans have always had to be close to each other for warmth and safety, and now we don't. And it's like we've put everything on our romantic partners. So if you're single, you know, you don't get any sort of tenderness or, you know, kind touch. You might get a hug, hello, or goodbye from a friend. And then people who are in relationships, when, you know, when they when they're struggling, when they're having a hard time in their relationship, and they stop having sex, then, you know, the, all the touch goes out the window, you know, because if you touch your partner, they're like, oh, they want to have sex with me, I'm done. And so we don't have any sex or excuse me, touch left over for comfort or soothing or relaxation or support, you know, all these, you know, it's like, we go through a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, it's hard and complicated to be a human. And, you know, like we, we need comfort when we're grieving and, you know, we need somebody to take care of us when we've had a hard day and um, touch is a very simple way to do that. And it's, it's just not there because we equate it with sex. That makes sense. And uh, now let's talk about practicing touch. Can it be done? Like, because I believe it has to come naturally, right? Uh, but uh, because of various reasons, probably we have lost the essence of it and Maybe we have to practice doing it. And how does practicing this touch app work? Well, I love the idea of it coming naturally. And I'm guessing that you're the kind of person who can, are you good at uh, reading other people's emotions and body language and kind of figuring out what they want? Yeah. Okay. So not everybody is good at that. So I say that it's important to make it as unnatural as possible. Um, I have kind of uh, four four guidelines for it, which is safe, specific, slow, and structured, you know, so that you approach it, you know, because it's a big deal, right? You know, especially with somebody where you don't necessarily have an established relationship, you know, so it's like you you stop and you say, um, I, I would like to touch your hand. Would you Would you like that? And you let the person answer and they're going to go, wow, this is really weird. And it's really awkward, you know, and then when they say, you know, if they say yes, and you touch their hand, they're like, oh, my God, that feels so good. But, you know, it's like we can't just dive into it also because of the paradigm of touch equals sex. You know, you have to have 
consent. And, you know, it's not always obvious or natural, you know, like, for instance, if you're in a place where there's a power differential, you know, like if if you're a boss, and you go to hug your employee, that means a very different thing to you than to them, they may be like, Oh, my God, that my boss is touching me. Oh, my God, I don't, you know, I can't say no, because it's my boss, you know, there's so many different dynamics. And the important thing is that it's it's different for each of us. And every time you connect with another person in that way, it's going to look different and feel different. And there's going to need to be different rules. But your goal is to get to a place where you both want it. So it's complicated. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I know your culture is very different from mine. I mean, I actually grew up with an Indian father. My father was Gujarati. But you know, and and he was very affectionate with us. But, you know, I I know that, you know, standards of who touches who and why are very different where you are than in America, for sure. Yeah, I I, I completely agree, because I've been uh, to the States uh, twice so far. Yeah, there is some certain cultural differences and all. I'll give you one example. In fact, uh, if you find uh, some small babies out, right, uh, maybe our friends, uh, kids or anybody, right, we literally go and touch them. Hey, you look so cute and all. We don't see that uh, happening in the States and all. And <laughs> it's so good for babies. It's so good for babies. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I love that. That's that's really beautiful. <laughs> All right. So now let's talk about uh, the comfort and connection, right? Uh, will be yes. needed more than ever. Why is yeah. it so? The world is a very complicated, scary place. You know, there's a there's a lot of uncertainty. There's um it's it's complicated there's a lot of you know shortages people are feeling inflation they're scared about global warming you know all all these different things um you know there's going to be a lot of grief that we're having to process you know in the coming years as we lose our homes our natural environments uh people that we love you know, all these things. Like I I just spent the weekend with a friend of mine who was in her seventies, who was dying. And so many of us, you know, came and put our hands on her and, you know, dying is a very lonely, frightening thing. And I think that, you know, having, knowing that people were close to her and that she could feel them even when she couldn't speak, um, it's huge, you know, so many, so many of us, suffer alone and feel very isolated and you know like we're the only ones and we can't live like that anymore it's it's not working yeah we are we are, we are living in interesting times uh, right and uh, definitely. yeah definitely there is a need for this comfort for sure all right so moving on and let's talk about your mantra evolution but not revolution and i'm a six sigma guy we we believe in both of them, <laughs> evolution okay, and <good>. revolution. <laughs> but yeah, what's your take? Why evolution, but not revolution? I mean, revolution is a young person's game. You know, it's like, it's really exciting to be out fighting in the streets and, you know, toppling, you know, the the institutions and structures. But I mean, when you really look at revolution, a lot of people die. It's really hard on women and children. And the idea of evolving and and becoming different and and really thinking about 
how, how do we want to live going forward? You know, it's like the way that our world is set up works for some of us, but not a lot of us. And, you know, I think people are dissatisfied. And I think if you think about evolving, then you can, you can look at it and say, where do we want to go? How do we want to design this? And, and move toward that as opposed to like, let's drop it on the ground and break it and pick up all the pieces and see, see what we come up with. I, it just, it's more challenging, you know, but I, I think it's good if we can be more thoughtful about how we want to live in the future. All right. So now let's uh, briefly talk about your book, Somebody Hold Me, The Single Person's Guide to Nurturing Human Touch. What motivated you to write that book? And can you share a brief snippets? Yeah. So I had a hands-on touch business and it was expensive. People loved it. But I knew that the people who needed it the most uh, were could afford it the least. And also I had just recently gotten out of a long relationship. And I knew from personal experience that if I wasn't dating, you know, I there there wasn't going to be much touch besides hugs from friends. And so um, I created the book. It's structured in such a way that will allow you to share touch with your friends. The first part of the book is, you know, a bunch of philosophical and, you know, it's the health benefits of touch and the culture around it and philosophies about it and all, all these different things. And then the second part of the book is a DIY thing. You're, it's meant to be done in groups with people that you already know. So it's meant to be done with a group of friends and it takes you through the whole process from deciding that this is something that you want to do to actually, you know, how do you set up the room? And then there's a series of exercises that you can go through and it's definitely meant to be done in a group because, you know, we talked about the sex equals touch thing. And if you are, you know, if it's one person touching one person, it's really easy to misconstrue it. But if you're in a group of friends, then it becomes a social activity. And it's, you know, it's goofy and playful. Like when we were kids, you know, it feels like, you know, when you were kids, and you'd like all like, be in a big puppy pile in front of the TV watching something, and you didn't think anything about it. It's not quite that easy, because it has to be structured, at least at first. But it allows you to share touch with people and figure out what you like and what you don't like, you know, what sorts of touch, what, you know, does it feel good to have your t face touched or is it like, ah, I can't stand it, you know, so it gives you an opportunity to play with it in a structured fashion. And then for going forward, it's a lot easier to, to use it and do it in different situations with these people because you have this common frame of reference. So, yeah. Out of curiosity, like, does this touch heal stress in any way? Uh, yeah, it's great for your body. <laughs> let me let me think about, uh, hang on, let me see if I can reel off the list really fast here. A touch and oxytocin do several different things for the human body. It uh, keeps cortisol from your heart. It is good for inflammation. It lowers your blood pressure. It raises your immune system. Um, it, it's a pain reliever. It, um, it can be an appetite suppressant. It helps wounds heal faster. I mean, it's so simple and so basic, but I think, you know, the, the biggest part of it, a lot of it is just 
being, you know, having somebody else close to you who, who cares about you, you know, I mean, like I said, it's, there's so many of us who just suffer alone. And, you know, when somebody's touching you tenderly, you know, that you, you matter to them and that you're important and that they care about you and they, they want to alleviate your suffering. And I mean, it's, it's huge. Like I will, like I, I have another friend who's in her eighties and I was with her a couple of weeks ago and, you know, I just touched her hands and her face and like the wrinkles melted away. She was smiling. She actually told me she connected with somebody else in her retirement home through touch after that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's human. It's such a big part of the human experience. So it's, it's important. It's really important. All right. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Great to know. And uh, Epiphany, this has been great conversation, but let's add some spice to the episode with your content. (laughs) Yeah. Let's do a quick rapid fire and uh, let me fire the first bullet. What is one life-changing incident that changed your perspective altogether? Oh my God. I would have to say the most recent one is going back to graduate school. I didn't have a background as a scientist and learning about public health. I describe it as standing on a mountaintop and looking out at this whole new country that I didn't even know existed. I mean, it's like, it's so... It's so complicated and there's so many layers to it and it's it's been really amazing. So it's been a huge eye-opener for me in so many ways. We need to really appreciate your passion, like uh, going back to the school, right? So it really needs that uh, uh, passion. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's been, it had been 35 years since I've been in school. Um, most of the students I work with are, I'm old enough to be their mother or their grandmother. And um, yeah, it's been, woo, it's, it's intense, <laughs> but I, I like it. And I have two more semesters to go. So, yeah. Oh, all right. So have, have fun uh, during this time while you learn. And let's move. So. <laughs> okay. It's, Next yeah. question. Yeah. What is the best piece of advice that you have received so far? Probably the best piece of advice that I've received is that I'm, my work is not for everybody and I shouldn't focus on the people who don't like what I do and try, you know, it's more important to connect with the people who do like what I do and who are interested, um, you know, cause everybody's, you know, I'll be like, well, you know, I don't like touch. And I'm like, well, that's great. I, I support you in that. Um, you know, here I can, I can teach you how to not get touch, you know, if that's what you want, because that's important, you know, again, it's the consent piece to it. So yeah, it's like, look, look for your, your people and ignore the haters. Great. All right. So what is, uh, here comes my next one. What is okay. your favorite word in other language? I would have to say Karuna, which is Sanskrit for compassion and specifically an action that relieves suffering. Um, My hands-on business was called Karuna Sessions. And I actually had a cat named Karuna long ago. So it just, um, it is really about how I want to be and how I want to walk through the world. So, Awesome. In fact, Karuna is a Telugu word as well, the dialect which we speak. <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah. what is, it, 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 does it mean the same thing? Is it, it almost not? same. Almost same. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's almost more like same. a kindness. Yes. 
yeah it's more like a kindness yeah <laughs> beautiful i love it yeah so Mo- moving to the next one what would you do if you win a 1 billion dollar lottery oh my god probably finish school actually i would probably you know take out a bunch of money and go and like hand out 100 dollar bills to homeless people for starters and then i'd like get all my friends and take them on a big vacation for sure <laughs> you're demonstrating a lot of karuna here <laughs> i what can i say <laughs> awesome awesome i i wish you win we uh, win 1 billion dollar and do that no there apparently there was one in the united states a couple of weeks ago that was 1.2 million dollars i'm like i actually right now i live in reno nevada which is a gambling town and yeah. I, i never go near it but you know when you hear about 1.2 million dollars i'm like Hmm. Although we don't we don't have lottery in Nevada, they just want you to put it into the slot machine. Yeah, a dollar time. So. <laughs> uh, let me fire the last bullet out of rapid fire. What is one electronic gadget or technology that you like to see or invent yourself? Oh my god! Okay, my favorite machine, my favorite uh, fantasy invention is closet that I could step into in. Reno or San Francisco or wherever I am and then step out of a closet in Austin, you know, like I'm I'm missing my friends from where I lived for the past 20 years. So, yeah, that's that's always been my favorite fantasy invention, you know, and it would save us a lot of air pollution. Yeah. No planes needed. Yeah. And instantaneous. So yeah, yeah. That's that's my favorite. Quite interesting. All right. So, This has been a great rapid fire and with that let's go back to the mainstream and uh, one final question for today's conversation what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers or lives you can pick anything don't worry if things don't happen as fast as you want to you know i mean we always hear about overnight sensations but we don't talk about the you know 10 20 years that they they worked and they practiced and they you know did business without having any success um you know it's we we want everything to happen so fast and it it just doesn't and it doesn't mean that you're a failure you know it means that you just haven't come across across the right and and found you know your audience and your message and how to deliver it awesome yeah such a profound advice i i i like it personally in fact i also believe in that not not to really go by instant success or instant gratification as such or yeah agreed agreed 100% so <laughs> all right so thank you so much epiphany for being part of the guiding wise journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe and it was really a wonderful conversation Thank you so much for having me Naveen it's been a while since I've recorded a podcast and I really love doing them and thank you for the opportunity to be on yours All right so pleasure to have you Epiphany all right so folks before we move into the trivia section here is a request to you in case if you haven't subscribed to us please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from also request you to leave a rating or review either on iTunes or any other platform which allows ratings and reviews in addition to that if you have loved this episode and found the conversation useful request you to share with at least 3 of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice 
Thank you so much in advance. Now let's jump into the trivia segment of today's episode. Today we spoke about platonic touch and the nurturing human touch how it is going to help us. And Epiphany has shared a lot of insights around that and uh, my trivia is also about touch but I'm going to talk about touch blindness. Yeah, you heard it right. People can be touch blind as well. Because uh, it's amazing because we don't even have a word for lacking touch and uh, one of the pioneers who has done research in this space linden what she says is touch blindness is very real and in fact uh, she wrote about a woman named gl of course she didn't reveal the full name who has a very rare disorder called primary sensory neuropathy which means she has lost all her senses for mechanical touch and she claims she can't feel anything at all she can't read braille and if she put her hands in her pockets she can't tell a penny from a quarter and but remarkably if you get her in the lab you find that she has one form of sensation left if you caress her forearm or her leg or another area of skin she can tell roughly where it is and she knows it is pleasant that's because she has retained a different emotional touch system so likewise there are so many interesting things that we come across in our life and uh, only my advice based on conversation with epiphany is don't lose the power of touch and whether it is natural or artificial it has the same impact all right so that's all for today and folks before i let you go i request you to share any topic recommendations or guest speaker suggestions through social media or email me at theguidingvoiceforyou@gmail.com Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host Navin Samala, just a fellow IT professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make a difference in the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Until next time, bye-bye.